Welcome back, Coyotes fans, to another edition of the Chirpin' Yodis podcast. I'm Tyler. Join me, one of our favorite guests of all time, the king of Arizona sports Twitter, and Grandy joining with me. Boys, how are we doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, Tyler. Been a busy week, but a uh, busy week for me in my personal life. But aside from that, it's just looking forward to football at this point. Time killer till the... Uh, Hockey season starts, which is coming up faster than we know it. Mac, how about you, my man? Good. Thanks for you guys having me on again. Sorry about last week. There's some uh, technical difficulties. It's 2022, and apparently I needed to update my phone or at least restart it. So uh, sorry for missing you guys' text messages and everything, but happy to be back on here with you. Um, Ready to rock and roll. We got a good show planned, a uh, special topic just for you, and I'm very excited to crack into that. But first, I'm going to take some housekeeping things real quick, just fire off some news we missed from the last week and a half or so. Uh, the Coyotes have started a kid street hockey league, which is going to only further grow the game. Sorry, Canada. Uh, we also have Lee Stepniak as a Coyotes director of player development, and Captain Coyote himself has taken a bit of a step back from the organization. Uh, I guess, boys, do we think this is a... A story? Is this something that we should be, you know, scared of or anything like that? I think it's a non-story. I think it's a lot like when Sean Burke stepped away from being a goalie coach to go be a GM for Team Canada. Dome has taken on more responsibility with Team Canada. He's taken on more responsibility in his personal life. He wants to spend more time with his kids. I mean, if you want the details on this, follow Craig Morgan. He has them. <laughs> that's just that's just the end of the story. Um, I think I do think Lee Stepniak being promoted is a great thing. Always loved Step when he was a Coyote. Was really happy when we hired him after he retired, and I am thrilled to see him step up into this new role. Really looking forward to see what he can do to uh, to help us with these prospects. We'll be we already have in the system, and we'll be keep acquiring the bolster said system. Yeah, Mac, I mean, you want to add? Yeah, definitely good for good for lead it. Good to see him come back here. You know, there's a lot of promising developments. The future's bright for our, our Coyotes. It's nice to see a former player come back and, um, you know, Bill Armstrong's doing what he needs to do. And, you know, and, and I'm loving what, what I'm seeing this offseason so far. In regards to, to Doan, no, I don't think it's a uh, – story either i mean we just drafted his son as well um and i know like granny says he's got a lot going on with team canada but it's also lets his son kind of grow at his own pace you know without his dad standing over his shoulder you know he's, he's a professional now he's a young man um so i'm sure he's still going to be working with the organization in some respect you know helping them do whatever they they need um but yeah definitely like a, a non-starter that's what I thought too. I mean, I thought it was just, it's good that he's taken for more, you know, Team Canada roles. It makes the Coyotes look good. He still represents and still, you know, is Captain Coyote always. So it's just a good representation of us. And same with Lee coming back. I think it's good that we're bringing back and building that Coyotes culture. I think it's fantastic. I think the owner has done an absolute bang up job, tip of the cap, to building that culture mm-hmm. so far from what I've seen. And I look very forward to all these kids coming in that want to be here and want to play here are proud Coyotes because I've been a proud fan for as long as I can remember. So I think I speak for all of us on that one. So 
looking forward to it. And uh, Grandy, this topic, I'll let you introduce it. This is all you. You can take the. <laughs> this is all you. So take the reins. Aiden, Aiden Hill, Coyotes quote unquote goalie of the future was traded by the San Jose Sharks to the Vegas Golden Knights for a fourth round pick. <clears throat> the reason this is significant, the reason why this is news is. There was a lot of people upset when the Coyotes traded away Aiden Hill. And I had several people arguing with me about how it was a bad trade when we got a second-round pick for him right before the expansion draft when some team was about to get him for free. Uh, This is just masterful work done by Bill Armstrong. Again, we were moments away from the expansion draft when he was traded for a second-round pick. The Kraken were going to get him for free and then probably trade him themselves. So, it's just, again, just props to GMBA on some of his amazing work he's done where between his timing and the trades he's managed to pull off, it seems like it's been amazing. Um, And Thank you, San Jose, for Lutz. Look forward to watching this German kid grow with us. <laughs> Eddie Grandy, I love it. Me too. I also like getting German players. Yeah. It's always nice. Figured you'd like that part. Yes, I did. Thank you very much. That tickled my fancy. Uh, Mac, any final additions to that before we get into the meat of the episode? Uh, I mean, at this point, you have to believe in what Bill Armstrong's doing. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I don't if the results are going to show this year and next year, but uh, you can see there's something building. There's something brewing, kind of like the Diamondbacks a little bit. You see all these prospects getting actually called up now, um, and it's it's rejuvenating a fan base that's you know over ten games behind uh, in the playoff race or something like some close like that or nine or ten. Um, but it, you just need to have someone to a fan base can kind of believe in. Um, and so far, I don't think Bill Armstrong's given any reason for any of us really to, to not believe in him. You know, we've, we've been a downtrodden fan base. We've been banged up, you know, stepped on, kicked on. Um, so when you, when you get someone in here and we all acknowledge that it wasn't going to be a quick rebuild, you know, you don't want a quick rebuild. You can't be cutting corners like that. If you want to build uh, something sustainable, so, so yeah, I mean, hats off to him. Obviously, you're looking back at the trade now, and that's something that um, you're, you're definitely glad to be on this end of the stick. I definitely, as I've said many times, drink his Kool-Aid. Every flavor of it, every mix, every brand, whatever he's got, I uh, fully believe it. And D-backs are exciting to watch. I definitely love seeing those kids come up, man. That's, that's been fantastic. Hopefully that uh, we don't trade them for peanuts later on in the future, but I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's enjoy the moment now. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. Still matter up the Peralta trade, though, to be honest, but that's a story for another day. Uh, before we get into the meat of the episode, of course, our friends over at Rogue Energy have sponsored our podcast. Use the promo code Yotes or Yotes, however you want to pronounce it, Y-O-T-E-S, at checkout to save 10% on all of their flavors. The Grapesicle and the Cherry Limeade are my personal favorite. Little energy boost for when you're working out. They have creamy milkshakes that are pretty good. Interesting, I'd say. that They're good, but they're definitely a little interesting. 
And along with some merch and cool shaker bottles if you're into those kind of things. So thank you for friends over at Rogue. And um, let's get on with the rest of the episode. So I work an office job. Very fun. Not like the office show at all. Um, but the <laughs> couple of people there were asking me, you know, being the resident Coyotes expert there, I suppose. Um, they heard about the 5,000-seat arena and were like, well, you know, does that sound is that good? Is that too small? And there's a bunch of out of questions. So I guess for the casual fan experience, anybody, if a casual fan did happen upon this podcast or a friend shared it with you, especially in the UK, by the way, we keep going up in the charts in the UK. So um, just want to put that out there. Thanks for listening, guys. And I just want to ask you, boys, do you think the casual fan will get a, I guess I'll phrase it as a better experience from a smaller, intimate arena? Or do you think the pricing and the atmosphere will kind of push them back? What, What would you guys say about this? Honestly, for the casual fan, I think the pricing will push it back. Um, the casual fans would want to look at it, buy a cheap ticket, and go in, watch the game, and watch a good team. Because that's the other thing that's going to be pushing back casual fans right now is the product on the ice is probably going to be pretty rough again this year, for the most part. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last year. I don't think we'll see the losing streaks like we did, though I still think it's going to be near bottom of the league bad. I just think those factors are going to prohibit them from seeing it live. However, having said that, once this team starts winning and they watch it on TV and they're seeing the positive results on the scoreboards, I think that becomes a different manner and they'd be more willing to pay the premium prices for these tickets. What are the tickets going for compared to what we've seen over at uh, in Glendale? I think on the 12th, they're going to show a 12th or the 11th, the 12th, they're going to unveil a single ticket pricings. Okay. So I know I'm definitely going to on that. see that. If they're doubled or what? Uh, yeah, because for, for season tickets, we're. We weren't here about middle of the league as far as price for their respective tickets in other arenas. So it's nowhere near the bottom of the league like we have been in years past. But it's also still not as expensive as going to sit on the glass at like the Madison Square Garden or something like that. According to SeatGeek... Um, just one I briefly pulled up. It looks like the cheapest one starts at 160, and that's November 3rd. Dallas Stars at Arizona Coyotes, if that's accurate. That is. So as of today, I guess it's that's not a, that's not a preseason game, game, right? They start. No, that's no, that's season. Yeah, that's the okay. season season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, looks that's like not, yeah. that's not horrible because I mean, there's not even really going to be a bad seat. I, I can't imagine. You know, it's all kind of lower yeah. bowl. Um, I know. As, and that, and that's going to be. That's going to be the big. Sorry, Mac. Uh, just I good. wanted to finish. But yeah, that's to me. That's going to be the big thing. Is the hardcore fans, the fans that already love the sport, are going to absolutely adore this experience. It's going to be hard going back to a full arena once uh, this is done because it's going to be raucous. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be every seat is going to be. Great seats. Every seat is going to be better than almost any that we could have gotten in Glendale. 
It's yeah. going to be an experience that if you love the game of hockey, you should go see. Um, I just don't know how it will affect casual fans as long as we are losing like we are. And to put it in but perspective, yeah, too, 45 bucks for Arizona Coyotes at Pittsburgh Penguins starting. And then for us, the first Holy. game, October 28th, 216 starting. So just to put it in that, kind of to add to your point there. I mean the rest. Yeah. The, maybe the Maple Leafs fit seventy-seven dollars. Montreal Canadians thirty-five dollars. So like what is what is like the 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 least expensive lower lower level seat on the road though? I'm you're thinking like so that's true, top, yeah. But there's not going to be an up yeah. top. So let's see. They're but all going to be lower level. Just, it's not even just lower level. These are these aren't just lower level seats. These are all premium lower level seats. This is all the bottom half of the lower level. Okay. Yeah, yep. got that. So it's, if you want to look at like if you want to compare, I guess if I had to get as close as I can, I if you want to see on my screen, yeah, yeah, like section one eleven lower bowl is two thirty at that same Pittsburgh Penguins game. But you okay. go all the way up there, I'm seeing fifty nine dollars, uh, sixty three, eighty five, seventy six. So the cheapest lower bowl here looks like it's one twenty eight. So yeah, it, I would love to think that like. And he said it might be hard going to a big arena after, you know, but I think the whole goal is to be able to build something that's kind of growing and that's going to pop by the time you, you move into that new arena. So hopefully that there is an energized fan base. I mean, being in Tempe, if they're not doing something to get college kids in there every night. So if you're in there with your buddies, you don't care if they win or lose, really. You know, you're in there having a good time. You're drinking. You're, you know, partying. I know when I first started getting into hockey, I, I was a casual fan. Um, and I am still compared to you guys, definitely. Uh, but I just know being in that rink, uh, it, even with it not being sold out or anything like that, but just being down, getting kind of down as low uh, to the glass as we can we could get, it was just a blast. It was just a, a good time being down there and, seeing the fights, you know, uh, just the speed in general. So I think the casual fan who maybe if they went to a Coyote game in Glendale or something, they they never sat on the lower level or by the glass. And like what you said, these are all going to be premium seats. It's like the, you know, the lower half of the lower half. So they're getting this intimate, you know, right in your face um, action. And even if, if we aren't that good this year, I think – with 5,000 seats, you're, you're basically on a college campus. Um, I, I, I don't see why not, why the casual fan won't have a great time. And the casual fan, if you're a college student, um, you know, you got to get the frats or something. Have, have the, have the you know, daddy, daddy's wallet, have daddy's paychecks pay for those tickets a little bit. So There you go. Um, so I, I do like to think that maybe they're going to be having some sort of college, you know, Cheaper prices if you have a college pass or something like that, just to get that in there. Just so you, you know, you're on, you're watching the game from TV, and you're like, "What is that crowd over there doing?" Uh, you know, kind of like a Phoenix Rising game, you know, feel to it almost. I don't know how that's gonna play out. You know, there's a lot of old folks who are probably uh, gonna be there as well. You know, Arizona sports. You know, yeah. they, they don't love really getting into it, but something like that. I, I can see how the atmosphere kind of being like the Phoenix Rising. Um, Those are fun games, too. I love going yeah. to Phoenix Rising matches. Yeah, you, I, like, you can't finish with like 50 points on the season. 
to show a little something. And then I, I do believe in this this rebuild. So year two would be better than year one. Year three, you know, and then, you know, we're looking at this stadium, um, hopefully, coming into existence. And then, um, I mean, that's that's the grand idea. I know being an Arizona sports fan, you always have the, the end game in mind, and, and we rarely get there. Uh, but I think that's kind of like the end game. So, but yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'd be a fun time being a casual fan, going there with your friends and, you know, using daddy's wallet, get a couple beers and stuff. You'll be good. I think so. And especially like you get to see and if you're double for hockey fans that bring casual fans with them. You're going to see NHL talent intimately. I mean, Austin Matthews, obviously Ovechkin, Lucas Raymond, you can name it and you're going to see them super close and intimate. And I think that's exciting. I'm excited. Uh, I love. To, wait, I just, I just. I was waiting for you to say I something love, about that. <laughs> I love how you bring up Lucas Raymond and yeah. not Connor McDavid. Who's that? Oh, he's can, is uh, he, Oh, let me Google that. Let me see. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be an incredible atmosphere, and I've, like I've said from the moment this has been announced. I cannot wait to go to a game in this arena. It's going to be fun. Um, it doesn't matter what the score is going to be for me. I'm just going to go there and have a blast cheering on this team. Uh, but as this team starts rounding the corner, which I don't think we're, and I don't want to say we're going to be good next year, but I think we're going to start seeing a climb up the standings next year. A little, a little of excitement, Not, get more of this season. youth in there. Yeah. Yeah. When Gunther and Cooley make this team, they're not going to be winning right off the bat, but you're going to see, you're going to see the skill. talent level yeah. they bring. Yes, exactly. Something this team has sorely lacked almost its entire time here. Oh, and you're going to see that, and you're going to have hundreds of fans in those stands wearing Gunther and Cooley jerseys almost immediately. And pretty soon you're going to be walking around and seeing Gunther and Cooley jerseys like you used to see Dome jerseys. Like you still see Dome jerseys. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, going, it's going to be an experience. It will build the fan base long term. It's it's going to be fun. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, enjoy the journey. You know, enjoy the moment. You know, with with all the relocation rumors that have flown around in the past, like this is a, a unique opportunity for an NHL team or any professional team um, to kind of you know, something different. And five thousand. I mean, people want to crack their jokes or whatever, but that's not far off from some what some of these Canadian teams seem to be averaging. So. Um, I won't, I won't, you know, name names or anything like that, but I think it's no, going to be, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a great time. And, um, and I know, I don't know, me and Tyler were talking about it or we were all talking about it before we recorded, but even if we can't afford to go see a, a coyote game this year, which I'm hoping that, you know, we'd be able to and whatnot, we're going to try to hit up the ASU game against Minnesota. What day was that? Uh, 26th. Of of November. So mark that on your schedules if you guys are interested or whatnot and you're listening. Come down and meet cool. us there. Yeah, because we, we, uh, we want to experience this, the arena no matter what. So We'll be there and we'll probably be drunk. So it'll be a good time. Sir. ASU Beer Pices. Let's, let's go. 
But a quick thing. See I, Logan Cooley and Matthew Nyes live. That would be a, that would be an experience. That would be cool. And Josh Stone. Can't forget about him. Sir. Uh, you but can quick, see you can see him when when at any game. That Minnesota game especially, because you'll get to see those two. I'll make sure to take lots of pictures for you. Oh yeah. Frank, get your autograph. But I have a quick thing. So the Cardinals, when they came here in 88, they played at an ASU stadium, right? The Sun Devil Stadium. How was that? Was that, I can't imagine that's an NFL caliber size, right? Uh, no, it's horrible. That's why ASU doesn't play at 1 p.m. during the day. But when you're in the NFL, all the games start, you know, 125. So that, that, didn't, that doesn't change just because you're in a college or stadium. So I just remember being a kid, you have to kind of, it was never really packed unless the Cowboys or Niners were in town, but if you were on the the home side, you would kind of try to follow the shadow uh, of the um, where all of the announcers would be. Then, but like right in front of the mountain, and the the sun would hit, and the shadow would just move. So you're kind of switching seats because there were metal bleachers there too. So oh yeah, you sit there. And, uh, we were talking about this on our podcast this week, but if you didn't have one of those seat cushions that clipped onto the chair, you were burning, bro. You had to uh, definitely try to find shade whenever you can. And I know just in a kid growing up there, even in high school, you would see, I feel like, more fights. People would just be in the stands, hot, drinking, sun pounding on you. Uh, and people would just, it would just be a, a complete shit show. Sorry, Rogue. I'm not trying to cuss too much here. I'm trying to wash. Oh, no, that's out. fine. But yeah, no, it's, it, it, and, and that stadium used to hold like 70,000 people too. So the Cardinals weren't very good and uh, you would have half of a stadium just empty. It was literally like going to a Diamondback game at Chase Field or something on a weekday. Um, yeah, those are pretty yeah. empty. I remember back when they used to do it, the Cardinals home games all got blacked out because they were never oh, yeah. sold out. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. If you didn't go, we, a couple of my buddies and I, we used to get dropped off by our parents um, and then would meet them somewhere like at the Hooters and on Mill or something afterwards. But uh, yeah, if you didn't go to a game, you had to listen to it on the radio. So there's many a games where... I went, you know, would go a season almost just listening to the team on the radio and you'd have no idea. Um, and yeah. it'd be a big thing. I remember like the Cowboys come to town on Christmas and like sold out. Like everyone's like, yeah, we're going to watch. And it was like, Jesus Christ, just to see us get pounded by them on Christmas. Awesome. But yeah, that was, that was miserable. That was, that was the pits of the armpit of Arizona sports fandom right there. And me growing up, you know, the Suns were the the hot team in the, the 90s. Uh, my first memories were, like, with Barkley. So nobody gave a damn about the Cardinals. But I always get, grew up, like, a, a fan of the underdog team. So I always grew a little bit closer to the Cardinals. And that's why I think I kind of grew with the Coyotes as well when they came around. Um, uh, even though I didn't know much about hockey, never played or anything like that. Uh, you kind of want to be there from the beginning to to see something grow and enjoy it the the whole way um, until you can finally get to the top. So um, I, I wouldn't change it for for anything. You know, I was just a kid at Sun Devil Stadium, go to those games, but I I could only imagine. You know, you're being you're you know even as an adult or just like an older you know in your fifties, sixties, I just have to sit in that sun. 
uh, and just just get pounded. But there, are, I guess there are ways around it. You bring your your visors and stuff that whatever was hot back in the nineties to try to protect you. But yeah, that that was brutal. It sounds yeah brutal. Uh, even though some of the rising games I've been to, I mean, they started oh, yeah. seven thirty. It's still hot. I mean, they they had to take breaks and add stoppage time because it's so freaking hot still. Really? I can't imagine yeah. at one in the yeah one in the afternoon when it's like you know the sun's right. high in the sky. Oh my gosh! <laughs> on a on a September early September day. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Especially the players too. That's got to suck. Oh right, man, that had to be horrible. Seriously. Can't be a home field advantage if we're both melting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, those are definitely not fun years, but you know that's something that you see where we're at now, and you hopefully the Coyotes can kind of get to that point where we look back and we think of Glendale, we think of the, the short time in Tempe, and it it was just all, all part of the process, all, all kind of part of the journey, and look on it and laugh. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that ends up being the case. And that's one thing I did notice. I, I grew up, born, and raised here, but I lived in Texas for eleven years. And coming back, I see a lot of Cardinals plates, a lot of, and Suns, of course. So you always see Suns stuff, but right. the Cardinals, especially, even Coyotes, it's, it's nice to see that I think Arizona sports are kind of kind of finding their footing um, with. Yeah, well, Arizona you had all these of, transplants really come in here in the late 90s mm-hmm. or early 2000s, seemingly. They brought and their now, teams with them. Yeah, and now it's like that new generation is finally growing, too. So you're having these kids who maybe their parents came here in the nineties or, you know, early two thousands where now they're adults and they're driving their, their rides and all of their friends are, you know, coyotes or sons or Cardinal fans. It, it, I mean, it definitely takes time, but I think there's a point with all these transplants here, you give it, you know, a couple decades and you provide some winning, you have to provide some winning. So um, I think that's kind of, you know, what I've been, I know I thought of this a long time ago too. I was like, okay, well, once all these, you know, young kids who came here with their parents or whatever, and their parents hold all these favorite teams, it, like we don't have it with Boston, you know, and really, you know, no one's long been here longer than the Cardinals in you know, um, 88. Huh? Yeah, but aside from the Suns. So you have, basically have oh, three, three franchises, you know, within 30 years old give or take a couple of years. So you don't have yeah, those generations. Um, so it really kind of the first takes time. Yeah. Oh, for real. Yeah. I mean, I was born so in really six, you know, yeah. so I didn't know. I was born in 93. So yeah, I mean, I'm barely older than the coyotes and the D backs. Right. That's, that's crazy. It does take, it does take generations and, you know, I think we're on our second generation, third generation coming here. So it gives time and, um, it's kind of cool that you've you've recognized and, that that you've came back into town and you've seen these license plates more more huge. so than before. I'm buying included. And that's one, Cardinals play too. That's ahead, one Randy. thing I don't think it's enough uh, talk about this market when it gets talked about in the in the national media is it is an incredibly unique market because it was so many transplants in that short amount of time that it completely unbalanced. I mean, you had more Chicago fans. It felt like living in the state than you had Arizona fans. Uh-huh. Um, and this wasn't just a Coyotes problem. This was a Cardinals wow. problem. I remember being from Minnesota, going to Cardinals games with Minnesota Viking fan family members. 
going to the arena or going to the stadium and being embarrassed because you walk in and it's half purple. It's like, come on, this is just wrong. It's not, it just, it gets lost when you talk about the Coyotes because you have to live in this market to realize how this fan base came to be. And I don't live there anymore, but I spent my formative years there. I've spent money and time, more money and time than I care to admit at Cardinals and Suns and Coyotes games. I've seen these teams and it's, it's easy to stay with your allegiances of your hometown team when the team you move to sucks. You have to earn that. You have to earn that switch. You have to earn that switch. And that's not something the Coyotes have been able to do because our best stretch was a two-year run in 2011 and 2012 where we had one deep run in the playoffs. We got to build a consistent winner. And that's something I do feel is happening now. And really, that, that, that's, that's every team, too. Like Cardinals have um, I've been in the playoffs, I think, five or six times since moving here, if that. So uh, it's not like these teams have long stretches of, of success. Cardinals had the, the Super Bowl year. Kurt Warner gets hurt that next year, retires. Um, D-backs seemingly haven't ever since 0102. And, um, in that era, they haven't been able to put together any long stretches whatsoever. So you make the playoffs next year, you know, you have expectations, nothing. Um, you, then you go to the Coyotes, and like you said, two years. And it, it's the Suns that really gave, you know, this town everything in the 90s and early to mid-2000s. But, I mean, until recently, they didn't do anything for 15 years either, you know, over a decade. So there's definitely a lot of people here who are like, why am I going to root for these teams? None of them can have success. So I agree with that, definitely. And towards the end of that run with the Suns, even though they had the most secure fan base, even though they had the most winning, towards the end of that just awful run with the Suns, there was issues selling out that stadium. Oh, the the Coyotes were averaging – they had – well, it wasn't that long ago. But right before, I think, we had the DeAndre Ayton number one overall pick, the Coyotes were averaging more fans than the Suns. I remember being on Twitter going, saying, oh, Coyotes had 2,000 more fans at the game yesterday. And it's like the Coyotes were, the Coyotes were like a fringe playoff team at that time. Um, but they were, they were averaging more than the basketball team. So, yeah, if, if you're putting a, a crap product on the field over time, people just aren't going to pay that money. Because those Suns games, no, it, it looked like a friggin' WNBA game where nobody was on the upper deck. Like, I remember winning tickets on Twitter to go to a game, and they said it was lower deck, and I got the tickets. I'm like, this is upper deck. Like, bullshit, I'm not going. So I didn't even go. Like, but, you know. So, yeah. Yep. Crazy. It's definitely an interesting fan base, for sure. Yeah. We have so many stellar moments too. We have so many just really cool moments and really cool athletes on our, you know, our various Mount Rushmores. But I just want to see the growth. Like I said, being out of the state for eleven years and seeing the difference between when I left and when I came back home, I see it. I mean, especially the Cardinals. They have done a tremendous job growing. I mean, I see regularly, even with transplants, even when I get asked, Oh, you're a native here, which is really concerning, but it's um, 
it's weird. And my parents, they live in Sierra Vista, and they said people were like boggled that they're actually well, my mom. She's from Arizona. My dad's a Texan, but uh, they're asked, they're like, "Oh, you're wow, you're natives. Like you're from here. Wow." And it was like it's so weird to see that the transplants. But I'm still seeing the Cardinals plates. We're all homies. Everyone that's got a Cardinals plate, you're my homie by default. So, man. Mm-hmm. I almost got the Coyotes plate, but I went for the Kachina one because that's gonna look a lot cooler than the red Coyote head one. So, are those coming out? I hope so. I hope so. I'm just holding out hope. I'll hope next year I'll keep checking and then I'll tune a plate over. But if not, Mike, I like the black Cardinals plate. I think it looks yeah, amazing. pretty clean. Great yeah. looking plate. So, But it is definitely just weird. I remember even growing up, uh, a lot of my friends growing up, I know my friend Jonathan, he recently kind of converted. He's a Cardinals and Bears because his family's from Chicago, so he kind of supports them. But he's kind of leaning more towards Arizona teams as he's gotten older. So I think right. it's... We kind of said before, you know, like our we're kind of like the Gen ones, I guess, uh-huh. in a way, and we're slowly kind of. So it's great. I'm glad. I think the Coyotes are kind of, especially by the time they get kind of good, it's going to become a really good time, and it's going to take off. And I can't wait for all the tears to flow. So, I mean, it's an exciting time. I know if you're an outsider, you know, you're not seeing the the growth. Maybe uh, you're still you're blindsided. But it, I, mean, I do think it's kind of an exciting time, you know, to be a Coyotes fan. A lot of unknown, but a lot of uh, promise for the future. There's, there's definitely something there. It seems like a foundation. And uh, like you alluded to earlier, um, I think it kind of just starts with the owner. Uh, once you kind of have a little bit of stability there, you can bring in the right GM. Um, and then from there, just honestly, it, it takes time. And it takes time and money from a committed owner um so so hats off to morello for sure and i think he's doing something and i was actually telling somebody this the other day i think he's doing something that i think a lot of other owners maybe aren't um to get to my point like the phoenix zoo now has a little coyotes little thing that's good exposure the investing in the kachina girls hockey investing in that uh what is that the mesa ice center Mm. um those DECA hockey rinks, they have in yeah. Tucson, and I think they have one in Phoenix. And also, the appeal to the Hispanic market, maybe a huge Hispanic market, I think that, I mean, it's better than just putting Los Yotes or Los Suns. Right. I think they're, they're really able to really grasp that market. I think if they can tap that market, that's eh, only going to be better. And I think that you they know, can. I think they get that. What's up? You know, the best way to tap into that market? Hmm. Bring home our Latino superstar, Austin Matthews. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Follow the Cardinals path. Play a game in Mexico City. I want to see it. Yep. That's a good. That'd be cool. I know Craig Morgan's been talking that the Morello is basically begging to do that. So that would be be fun. That would be cool. If it ever happens. (laughs) That would be, yeah. Be, Anything's better than just putting Los Yotes on a T-shirt. I mean, I, even I hate when like I don't know. I, yeah, Los Suns. So like, what? Okay. Yeah, exactly. They say, "Oh, it's our heritage." I'm like, is that really? <laughs> I mean, just I mean, come You're on. You're just trying or, to make money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, if you know, can provide, thing, like but, you said, like that's the way to grow the game. And this game has grown mm-hmm. so much that from you know even my age, like um, growing up, I remember when Polar Ice was being built. You know, um, over here. Like off of uh, in Chandler, off of Awatuki, right there off Ray Road. I remember when that was being built, and that was kind of like a cool thing. Oh, let's go to the ice rink. Like there really wasn't anything like that um, to an extent. I know they they still had um, 
a couple places, but that was like the first time where it was like, okay, this is close to me, really close to me to where we could go, you know, we could learn how to kind of skate. And at that point, I think I was like in middle school or something like that. Uh, but if you could provide the, that stuff more frequently around the Valley, which they have, you start seeing people, because uh, I had a couple of buddies in high school who would play for our high school team, but you, you're seeing a lot more kids that age playing hockey nowadays. And that, that's definitely how you have to grow. You have to get them young. Um, you start there. And it seems like Morello knows that and, you know, everything the counties have been doing around here, they know that too. You know, you ingrain hockey into these kids from a young age. Um, and, you know, that's the best way to do it because you're seeing all these other places, you know, while we can't play year round, um, you know, outside or anything like that, uh, other than like roller skates. But no, that is, that, that, that goes a long way into what has into a, a very strong, even though it's probably still small, um, hockey uh, fan base and community around here. Because don't get it twisted, there's definitely a hockey community uh, in the desert. Oh, for sure. Another thing that they're doing right too is that they want to build an entertainment district. So not only are you coming yeah. to Tempe for Coyotes games, you're coming for. I mean, obviously concerts, and I'm sure they'll have other kinds of millions upon millions of events. They're going to have, I think they had said apartments and hotels. So they're becoming a hub, and the Coyotes will be centric around that. And I mean, I hate to say it, you know, no one really is a big fan of the Cowboys out here. Well, I guess there are big Cowboys fans. But what I'm trying to say is, what better team is there than marketing themselves other than the Cowboys? I mean, there's they have stores, they have, I mean, we can kind of take a bit of their, you know, write down a bit of their notes. Yeah. I think Morello is, in a way, doing that. I think that'd be great. How are you going to go to the Coyotes? I mean, having a little howler at the zoo in the Coyotes exhibit, that's little things like that. A little shop things here, sponsoring these events. It keeps the, the Coyotes in the public consciousness. And so when these players start getting really good, you start marketing them, we're going to hit a, just a big oh. stride. And I'm excited. I'm excited. And, 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 and I will say. It is a little short walk to, to Mill Avenue. I mean, it's definitely yep. doable. So. Um, Tyler Coyote himself can walk you back to your hotel. I mean, Safely. every ASU fan, you get out, boom, you walk to Mill Avenue after a game. Coyotes, you have the entertainment district there, but the the kids or whatever, the, the college kids, you, yep. ha you have Mill Avenue right there, so it's all familiar. Yep. And all those out-of-staters that come from other states that come to learn, and then, bam, they become Coyotes fans, and that's it. There you go. Sold. All right, Granny, for cutting you off. Oh, no problem. I was just going to say, essentially what was just said, it's just... <sighs> Yeah, my but I do have this dream of uh, Morello has always wanted to own a basketball team. He's tried to ba buy basketball teams before he bought the Coyotes. I think so I, I do have this going. dream. I do have this dream. He's gonna buy the Phoenix Starver. Mercury. Let's go! Yeah. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Free BG! Oh, Free BG! Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. I, know what you're, I know what you're thinking though I know what you're thinking I hope man yes. that'd be amazing holy crap just fire Sarver into the sun get it over with buy them both <laughs> and run uh, Mikhail Bridges night at the Coyotes games that'd be amazing <laughs> I'll take that I love Mikhail Bridges bro he's probably, he's probably my favorite I love Booker but I think he might be my favorite star. I would love a Mikhael Bridges bobblehead I have a Jake Lamb Coyote's bobblehead somewhere. That, so do I. Somewhere too. I yeah. It's kind of a piece of junk. Uh, cool. It's a cool little piece of. I think you know, the bat's broken. Arizona mine sports. Somewhere. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, mine too. His, yeah, his one really good half yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's what you know. Got the Coyotes to get a bobblehead of him, I guess. <laughs> oh goodness. Isn't there a Larry Fitzgerald bobblehead for the Coyotes? Uh, no. Actually, yeah, I think yes, there's there something. Was one. Yeah, I there is something. Almost, yeah. I almost had it. I almost had one on eBay, but I got lost at the last second. Ah, I wish I could go back in time and go to that game. Yeah, same. Larry. Well, to uh, one thing, bobbleheads is like they always have little ads. Like I remember, I got like I went to the Coyotes in Dallas during that run, that 2012 run, it had like a little advertisement of like Canes. It's just funny. Like how, I don't know, like what, what's the negotiation? Like how do they talk? Like companies like, hey, we want to advertise with you. Hey, we'll put you on a bobblehead. Oh, okay. Well, like, I'm looking, I'm, what? I'm looking at one of, right as we speak, I'm looking at one of Keith Kachuk that says Cox. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. So, I mean, and just to add, I guess Jersey ads are here and a, a shameless <laughs> transition to the next topic. Perfect. Um, I mean, what do you guys think of these little? I know the NBA's had them for what two or three years now. What do you guys think? I mean, is it a big deal? Is I it mean, something you, to be afraid of? Let's be real. Do you even notice the NBA ads anymore? No, I, yeah, I was going to say, not like, really. At first, I was, you know, not a fan. But look at everywhere. Look at NASCAR. Look at, you know, yeah, soccer. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I must, has you know, anyone has anyone noticed the helmet man has had for the last two years? Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, I notice, but they kind of blend in eventually. I notice, like, when it's like a weird looking logo, I'll be like, "Oh, hey, they're sponsored by whatever." That's it, though. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as it goes. Like, Even like noticed... ours is PayPal. I was like, "Oh, hey, PayPal, that's cool." You notice the first time around, yeah, and then pretty much after a while, yeah. it just kind of blends in. I think it's good. I mean, it's... as long as long as we don't go towards the Europe hockey style oh, of so Milwaukee bad. everywhere board. where it's just everywhere on them or what? Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh yeah. It's bad. Like the knee, the, the, the freaking pants have two ads on the chest. Has, it's like a soccer shirt. And then it has like ads all the way down the sleeves, the helmet. It looks like they're wearing <laughs> stickers. It's crazy. Look it up. Seriously. I know, I, I, I it's crazy it right now. Yeah. Yep. I know exactly. Yeah. I mean, as I long as we not... don't go towards that, I don't, I don't no. care. Make more money. That's what I'm afraid of. It's like, you know, you give an inch, take a mile. So I understand the alarmist on this one. I totally do. And I, I'm with you. I definitely don't want to see Gila River and then have Philly Bertos on the back or like how Red Bull Leipzig, if you watch Bundesliga, they have like the actual like name of the ad on top and then the name on the bottom, the last name. But the, if any league was going if any league was going to do that, you think it would be the NBA. And we That's haven't true. had that take a mile moment yet in the NBA. Yet. Um, yeah, it always can still happen. And it may happen in the future. And they've had warm-ups, but, too. Warm-ups have always had that. Well, at least in the NFL. They had Hyundai on the Cardinals ones and well, all that. Warm-ups are almost walking advertisements. That's, that's, that's kind of fine. It's just gotta, a warm-up. Got to keep the mean? lights on. Yeah, yeah like exactly. I said, I mean, being, in, being a soccer fan, I get used to it. I mean, like every sponsor is make or break a jersey all the time. You know, Chelsea's known for Samsung, for 3E, for Tokoyama tires. There's all kinds. It's just kind of used to it. Yeah. Yeah, so the ads as they are right now, not upset at all. Go forward with it. It's fine. Um, I would like to see an option where you can buy jerseys without the ads. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Because I know you can with NBA jerseys. I know yeah, they offer both it. with the ads. Yeah, really. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I but, imagine you probably um, will for a while. I mean, I, I don't think that's why I'm going to actually pick up a Adidas jersey this year. I'm getting my Clayton Keller finally before, just that way I have one in case there's no ads or whatever. I got it locked down. I got one for the collection, so just in case. Yeah, you just got to get it before you before we lose the Adidas sponsorship. And I'm buying it this year. Who knows what go. jerseys look like next year? I'm picking up because it's probably going to be Nike, and they're going to screw it up like they screw up every Chelsea jersey they ever made. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just buy it now. I mean, they, they've made I mean, simple bangers, but most of them, I'm like, what? What? Is, why is it like a, a '90s water cup? What are we doing? Like, who approved this? I don't. Uh, please don't be Nike. And I think we all agree that as long as they don't go heavy all over unis and the, the helmets and the legs and everything like that, then yeah, but. Yeah, like you said, I I don't really notice on NBA jerseys. I mean, kind of is what it is. Yeah. I like when you can tell it's like a local brand too. Like in a Harley Davidson's base out of yeah Milwaukee or something. So it's like Harley Davidson sponsors. I like when it's a local. Like I like that it's you know, the Arizona. Than, yeah, yeah. I'd rather have an Arizona if we can. Obviously, you can't always. I know Minnesota's big on you know they have Target Field and Target Arena, right? And that's the Timberwolves minute Target Arena. Mm-hmm. So, Tyler. I mean, huh? Tyler. Target is Minnesota local. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, that's part of that. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'd rather it be like a, if we have an Arizona corporation, give me that rather than, you know, Walmart or. Oh, man. I don't want to see a Walmart. Oh, God. Or Carvana. I hate that freaking. God, I hate that Phoenix Rising is like Carvana all over it. It's such a weird looking. It just looks like a target on their chest. I hate it. Oh. I mean, when you're small like that, though, I, I can see. Yeah, take what you can get. I get yeah. that, but it's still like, oh. They've had worse. They've had worse sponsors. Yeah, I, I think Morello would be, I mean, he's not, I don't think he's going to, he's that cheap or anything like that, but it is going to get an extra source of revenue in. And, I mean, the Premier League can do it, and those guys making the most money in the world. Like, it only benefits everyone involved. You add in the gambling owners making money off all of that so um yeah I, I think i don't i don't mind it i want to see how much the nba make off those ads they only pushed out a a thing they said how much they made out the ads on jersey so i'm curious if it's even worth. no oh, it nailed uh 9.3 million dollars annually who does the nba makes 9.3 the team's Get nine point three million annually from the adverts the on their jerseys. Do? Okay, so what it says, yeah, it said jerseys have netted teams nine point three million annually, and that's as of twenty twenty. Well, just look at uh, apparently the NHL approached fifteen million with the helmet ads. Oh wow, that's pretty good. So every little bit helps, especially. When, as we've talked about in the past, and as we'll talk about more in the future, viewership is stagnant in the NHL. So, yeah, just getting every ounce of revenue right now helps. That's what I wanted. To, you it, know, good. No, it's it's not just it's not just helps. It's needed. We gotta keep up with the big boys. We gotta start growing this sport. And that's the so. thing I want to mention too is a coworker. He also he like he said he can name a tennis player. He's like I can name like two or three tennis players, but I couldn't name a hockey player. I was like well, Wayne Gretzky. He's like yeah, I know Wayne Gretzky. He's like I know Wayne Gretzky because of The Office, not because of his his hockey accomplishments. I couldn't tell you who he played for. I couldn't uh-huh. tell you what his stats were. I know 
he's called a great one or whatever, just from like what I limitedly, limitedly know. But that's it, is I couldn't name yet, anyone. Yet people still argue that the NHL rigged the draft to send Connor McDavid to Edmonton. I guarantee you, if Connor McDavid was on an American team, or even Toronto, who had a higher chance at winning the lottery than Edmonton did, he'd be known across the league. A casual fan and a fan alike would just, they would know David. Mm-hmm. It's such a thing. You sound kind of far away. Come on back to us. Is that better? There you go. Perfect. Is that better? Yep, How yep. much did you catch of what I said? Uh, you said if Connor McDavid played for a American team or a large market team like Toronto, they would be a more of a household name. But because he plays for Edmonton, yeah. then he kind of spaced out. Because he plays for Edmonton, it's just he doesn't get the coverage he would elsewise. So because he doesn't get the coverage, because he doesn't get the national games, because he doesn't get all of that, he's not well. He's not as well known with the casual fans of the states. It's just God. That was such a. I can still I can still feel Gary Bettman's near heart attack when that happened because that had to be the worst case scenario. Oh, just from every yeah. aspect, Connor McDavid going to Edmonton was so damaging. Yeah, they got Leon Drysaitel too. Then it still reminds me kind of MLB in that way. They just don't do a good job. I mean, if you ever watch like a Sunday night game of the week for you know ESPN on, on the ESPN, on, yep. it, it's the Red Sox, it's the Yankees, it's the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. The Diamondbacks haven't had one uh, primetime game, uh, nationally televised game. I, I don't believe, uh, and they play one hundred and sixty something games a year. It's like you guys have to do a better job of being able to get these, you know, all these teams out there. Because otherwise, yeah, you're at the end of the day, you're almost just marketing to, you know, the biggest fan bases or something like it, you're not doing a good job reaching, um, you know, the the everyday person. That it's not just NHL; it's it's uh, it's definitely soccer in the United States. You know, soccer's huge elsewhere. It's baseball here. Um, I mean, NBA and especially NFL. It's it, the they're you know looked at as like the king of everything, and I, I don't know. It's just it sucks because all the sports are great in their own right. So I you know I'm not on even even ground, but um, yeah, I mean just being able to go and, and watch um, some of the, the guys, especially coming at the new arena, is, I think that's going to be one of the most exciting things to see for a fan is being with that close to the ice with that many people that, you know, just all breathing down your neck. That's, that's a different unique experience that the car, the coyotes can provide to where, okay, maybe mm-hmm. the NHL isn't marketing their players, but you're going to know who the coyotes, young coyote stars are. Uh, Cause you're going to go to a game and they're going to stick out to you. You're like, who's that guy? Who's boom, boom, boom. That's it. Um, Bam. Because it is gonna, with the game just like we all did. It's going to be big news when the Coyotes move there, you know, and um, or, or start playing there. It, it, all the uh, late night sports shows or whatever are going to be talking about it. So you do kind of want to capitalize mm-hmm. on it and 
give it a give the fans something that they've never really had before, especially in Arizona and Phoenix. Um, it's going to be like a playoff, should be a playoff type feel, except for you know a quarter of the size, which is going to make for a pretty intense environment. Which is, I can't wait to. I've been, I look, yeah, same. I'm itching to look forward to it. And to add to the NHL's problem, soccer, I think earlier this year, just took over as the fourth most watched sport in the country. What was that possible? So, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, they did it. I mean, the MLS has grown a lot. The MLS is actually a really fun league to watch. I mean, these, the top teams in there, I mean, you have Austin and, and Atlanta, and they've, they just, they've done a great job growing the game, make it interesting. Yeah, I know a lot of European players come over here to basically retire, but it still brings people in the seats. Getting to see David Beckham, Wayne Rooney, who I don't like, but, He's yeah, popular. A little bit older reason. guys. I swear, you drug almost, I swear you spent almost as much time talking about soccer this podcast as you have. <laughs> it's relevant this time, though. It wasn't just randomly mentioned. There's a reason to be mentioned. <laughs> was, Tell Phoenix Rising uh, are in MLS. They're irrelevant, dog. Okay. They're USL. Well, that DD or Drogba. That's pretty well, awesome. Not, not, not the Rising are irrelevant. Uh, MLS is irrelevant until they get Phoenix, oh. Phoenix in there. You know what I mean? No, they would have. I think they had on the fast track, but I think they, uh, they unfortunately, they screwed that, and that boat's kind of sailed, but hopefully I'm wrong on that. Fifth largest market. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but with the expansion and the, well, I think they were, but then the USL kind of, or our, sorry, not the USL, the rising kind of collapsed on itself. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the arena troubles and the player troubles, they just fired their longest and most winning coach. So it's, it's. I hope, I hope so. I hope Phoenix Rising becomes MLS, but we'll Yeah, because I mean, just like you guys were talking about with hockey, I mean, the Hispanic community, you get an MLS yeah, friggin' Banditos. team here. Oh. Mm-hmm. You think they'd just go nuts. You know, hopefully. Hopefully they figure it out. Is there anything else you guys want to see covered? You ready to wrap this thing up? I think, yeah. I think that just about covers everything. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, guys. Sorry for missing you yeah, last week. Oh, no, it's okay. It's all good. And thanks for coming on. You know, love having you on here. And I love getting the opinion, especially on the Arizona sports topic. Definitely really wanted to get that discussed with you. You know, as I think you're probably the foremost expert, I think, I'd say. You guys always humble me I with the introductions. That. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a member of Arizona Sports Twitter that has as much interaction with all four fan bases as you do. So I thought you were the perfect guy to talk about this fan base. Yeah. The, as in general. Yeah, and it, it really so, does take time. I mean, these three teams have been here since, you know, the latest one's late 80s and then you basically have the, the mid late 90s for the other two. It does take generations, you know. Nobody really wants to hear it. But because there's only a small fraction who are just diehard team or fans of that sport, who you know, Coyotes come down and I'm 60 years old and I, and I'm supporting the Coyotes. I'm getting season tickets right now. Or the Diamondbacks. Here. I'm you know I love baseball. I'm 50 years old. I'm gonna lose my allegiance over that. That's only that's a rare breed. But when you can have mm-hmm. their kids have kids um, and they grow up with that. And that's how you you really grow it, and that's kind of I think what we're kind of seeing right here. And hopefully, with the Coyotes move to Tempe, um, it kind of just it, it it pops. Like this is hopefully exactly what this organization needs. So, yeah, I love you, boys. Thank thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's been a blast as always. I got to get you on ours. I know I'm, I'm bad at that. So, 
um, I'll definitely try to get you guys on sometime soon. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be. That, we should that'd have be like fun. a maybe a combine the podcast for some kind of Arizona sports extravaganza or something. Our, something our three versus year three. What? There okay. we go. What is this? A crossover episode? That'd be cool. Yeah, I like that. That's we a, come up with, you know, we. Oh, Jack Horseman. Nice. We, we give questions to all about the Arizona Cardinals. You guys give questions about the Coyotes. We see who. Let's do it. Boom. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, That's I, a good idea. Let's do that. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. We just got to make sure Chase is on for that one. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, there's only like a month where he's he's not having a kid or had a kid throughout the year, right? We're yeah, like six or seven now. So uh, six. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is six. So let's see if we could plan maybe you know between November fifteenth and the twenty third. Let's see if he's available between before you know okay. she gets pregnant again. So let's get it going. <laughs> the reload times. <laughs> All right, boys, if that's it, then let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. Mac, again, thank you for coming on. Grandy, thank you for dealing with my soccer talk for another week in a row. You deserve a medal for that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one day I will the, make a Chelsea second, podcast. This is the second week in a row. You're slowly turning into a soccer podcast, Grandy. I'm hey, look, sorry. Look, Chelsea Coyotes. Hey, look, until, until October... I got Premier League. I got Premier League football to talk about. All right. Once October hits, well, though, it, it now it makes sense out. why you guys are growing in the UK. Let that sit in. You know, honestly, yeah. You're that like, really oh, does. keywords: Chelsea, chirping Yodi, yeah, Arizona. Yeah, I'll give it a listen. I should add Chelsea as a keyword. No, that's a good idea. I don't talk a lot of soccer, no, but these guys are no, kind of cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Big... With the recent events, it's called soccer now. So. <laughs> <laughs> next time I, I hear one in there. Next time I hear oh. Grandy, he's going to be one of the banditos. <laughs> Bubuzela on here. Oh. Oh that was the best part of the you... 2010 World Cup. Oh my god, <laughs> that was nuts. That was a, the my... players are going deaf. <laughs> my soccer knowledge is 100 percent tied up in Ted Lasso, and that's how it's going to remain. <laughs> Ted Lasso yes, and Tyler. No, you mean Richard? You Roy Kent played for Chelsea. Isn't the real team? <laughs> People ask that at work. Actually, they're like, "Oh, is FC? Is that a real team in the Premier League?" I'm like, "No, no, it's not." But Roy Kent played for Chelsea, so you know, hey, there's that. So I guess you are a Chelsea fan, Grandy. What do you know? It. I have a Roy Kent jersey. So yeah, I do too. In my storage unit or my old storage unit. Yeah, whenever you guys want me on here to talk more soccer with you guys, just let me know. I will definitely be the first I call, I promise. You and UK Yodi, so you can, you can get all of us here to talk some footy. Nice. Meanwhile, I'll just be over here dead. <laughs> yeah, guys, Roy Kent definitely has a strong season. Like, oh, God. <laughs> all right. I believe, believe. Well, all right, guys. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Another outro. We'll see you guys next week. We got some hopefully pretty cool plan. We'll get it all hammered out for you guys. Um, we are part of the, again, to remind you, the, the Hockey Focus Network. Check those boys out, and thank you guys for putting us a part of your label. It's an honor. And from all of us here, you guys have a good week.